That's right. Welcome in. It is the North Idaho Prep Cast on IdahoSports.com, presented by No Vape Idaho, where we break down District 1 and 2 athletics week in, week out in the great state of Idaho. We are broadcasting live on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Twitter account. You can also listen to this podcast at IdahoSports.com or wherever you download and subscribe to podcasts. Let's bring on our North Idaho expert, Ryan Skaggs. What's up, Skaggs? Not much. Just uh, falling out a little bit after five rounds of snow removal yesterday. Oh, my gosh, dude. Gnarly. I tuned into the local news um two days ago and one of the top stories was at post falls i think it was one of the elementary schools um but the pipes burst and water flooded everywhere and they had the little squeegee on the floor and they were pushing all the water like into the library into the carpeted library and i was like Okay, that's one way to do it. <laughs> I well, guess they're gonna have to probably rip it out anyway. So yeah, um, it might, yeah, I guess might as well, right? If it's so, there was list. like Celtis Elementary in Post Falls. I think Greens Ferry Elementary in Post Falls had a pipe burst. Genesis Prep had a pipe burst. Coeur High School, Lake City High School, Fernand Elementary, Lakeland High School. Like, I mean, there were so many schools that were like dealing with pipe issues the other day from that cold snap that we had. Um, yeah, that's off to the maintenance crews because holy smokes, they got their hands full. Yeah. And then yesterday, we're recording this on Thursday, January 18th. Yesterday, of course, Coeur schools called the snow day. They called it the night before. They said, nope, we're not yeah, even dealing with that. Yeah, them in Lakeland, I think West Bonner, which is like Priest <laughs> River, uh, pulled the plug. Uh, Post Falls was like, <laughs> we're going to find out. And then they ended up with a bus in the ditch in front of the high school. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I tuned into the news last night and I'm like, oh, Post Falls must have had school today because school bus driver <laughs> slid into the ditch. Yeah, bless, oh. bless that driver's heart. But man, I don't know how that happens. But yeah, the bus was like high centered in a swale. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There was only like three kids on board. And so they were all okay. So that's why we can laugh about it a little bit. Uh, And then I was watching yesterday, of course, our news up here in North Idaho, it's mostly Spokane based and we get a little, you know, North Idaho stuff, but uh, boy, Spokane made the decision yesterday to not run any of the plows all day long. And then finally, (laughs) finally at like five 30 last night, they were like, Oh, the city has just made this statement. We're going to run snow plows 24-7. Oh, just in time for the drive home traffic. Yeah, that's great. That's good management. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, we're still dealing with issues here in Coeur All the side streets haven't been done yet. And so it's if you're trying to get out of neighborhoods, it's, it's a little touch and go unless you've got four-wheel drive. But, um, I mean, I had to help push the mailman out from in front of my house this morning <laughs> so <laughs> uh, no. yeah it's bad news uh for sure hey we've got a comment and if you're watching this live and you uh have a question or a comment or something you want to throw in the chat go ahead and do it and we'll throw it up on the screen travis tyler up in sandpoint says sandpoint didn't have school uh yesterday so that's good yeah. to know and that's districts in north idaho well at least north of like potlatch canceled so yeah, for sure. And that's going to lead nicely into our first topic today here on the North Idaho PrepCast, wrestling, and specifically the River City Duels, because Jordan Tyler from Sandpoint went a perfect 6-0 and at the yep. River City Duels this past Saturday in Post Falls. We were worried a little bit about, you know, how many teams are actually going to be able to come up and compete. 
we ended up with a really good field skags and a really exciting finish yeah that championship duel was was something special that one point finish between nampa finally clipping uh post falls and post falls obviously isn't, isn't at full strength and um but that's still like no, no fault of the bulldogs that came up and took care of business in that final match and it was exciting i mean it came down down to the wire um so you know it was uh it was an exciting showing. I mean, I was impressed with the way a lot of the teams showed up. Uh, Lakeland won their bracket, I think, which was a silver bracket. Lakeland got a nice victory there. Um, St. Mary's did really, really well for a small school. They beat a couple actually fairly large Washington schools on the way to their, um, I think they were in the bronze bracket finish. Um, and then Sandpoint had a decent showing too. And Kellogg wrestled pretty well. So, I mean, there's the good showings all around from, from North Idaho teams that participated at the River City Duels. Yeah, it was a really exciting time, and so congratulations to Nampa, who came up and, and got the title, and Post Falls had a great showing there um, as well. So um, speaking of Post Falls, you mentioned they're not at full strength, right? Ryder Seguin had suffered an injury a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Trey Smith now, who's a standout for Post Falls, really unfortunate news, Ryan. His season is over, um, and a GoFundMe has been created to help with some of Trey's medical expenses, and they do a really nice job of explaining what happened. So I'm just going to read from that for a second to yep. get the up to date. Um, so basically, uh, Raleigh Lane, right? Post Falls went down to the Raleigh Lane invite two weeks ago, and Trey developed an infection in his knee slash leg. Um, they took him to the hospital in Napa. He was put on IV antibiotics. They released him with prescription antibiotics um, and then instructions to follow up with his primary care physician back home in post falls so monday they take him in and they take a look at his leg and then they're like you got to go to the hospital yep. so you go to valley hospital uh, and then he gets transferred by ambulance to sacred heart hospital and you're going well geez you know what's going on this is pretty serious stuff um there was some infection still uh in that knee as it was healing up. And this has happened to me before where I, I actually, I encountered this very issue. Like yeah, I've been through it. It's, it's awful. It's scary too. Yes. I had an infection in my leg uh, and then it healed up while the, while there was still infection underneath. And so it was pretty gnarly. I basically have a hole in my shin now uh, yeah. because of it. It's, it is, it's scary stuff for sure. I got a hole probably the size of a golf ball in the front of my knee. Yeah. From the same thing. They had to cut out all this stuff, like all the way to the bone. But, yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, essentially, um, there was a lot of redness. There was a lot of swelling, you know, infection, inflammation within the muscles. Um, they say the type of strep he got is the most aggressive strand. So they want to make sure and get it completely yeah. under control. Yeah. Um, exactly and so, what I had. It sucks, man. It is awful. Yes. Um, so essentially, you know, he's he's now home recovering, but. Um, he's on pretty strict guidelines, can't push it too hard. And his season is over, which is yeah. really sad and unfortunate. But, uh, even though he is at home and now on the mend and recovering those medical expenses still are pretty significant. They're, and yeah, they're not cheap. So a GoFundMe has been organized. I'm going to put the link just right here. Um, and everyone can type, you can type that into your browser and that'll take you to, um, the GoFundMe fundraiser for Trey Smith, but it's a really good cause. And I, I just, I hate to see this happen. I'm glad he's okay and recovering because that's scary. Anytime you're talking yeah. about infection, especially around joints, but yeah, you know, we wish him all the best. Yeah, no. And that's the thing like this, this 
type of infection is scary because I encountered it my senior year in high school um, before graduation and it, it moves so fast. That's the part that's so scary about it. And then the other things that come around it, like compartment syndrome and other things that you can, you know, fall into the realm of that you got to be careful and make sure that you're on your antibiotic regimen and everything else. Like there's a lot with that, that is scary. And you, you hear a lot of terms thrown out by doctors kind of giving you worst case scenarios. And so we just, we just pray for him and hope that he's going to be healed up and on the mend and, um, you know, better sooner than later, but the, the expenses, that's the part where the community gets to rally around him and support families like this and it's situations like that. And so that's our job. And uh, we just hope his job's to heal up and to get better. Our job's to help take care of family. So, you know, the, we just worry about the family and we pray for him and his healing and um, things will be good soon. Yeah. Thoughts and prayers are with Trey and his family, certainly. And again, it's the ice tray GoFundMe. The link is right there. Um, if you want to uh, contribute or help out. So, and already, you know, over $3,000 have been raised, which is incredible. That's awesome. So, That's awesome. Um, yeah. And and the not just from North Idaho. Uh, I've, I've seen just a couple of people I know from like East Idaho wrestling mm -hmm. community that have donated, which is just incredible to see. Yeah. Idaho wrestling is a big family, you know, Man, I'm telling you that there's, there's a lot to that. You just nailed it on the head. It is a family and, you know, you participate in, in wrestling in the state of Idaho, they, they, the people take care of their own. And uh, yep. that's pretty, pretty awesome to see. Yep, for sure. All right. Uh, what were some of the other wrestling highlights that caught your eye? Uh, non river city duel. Uh, um, yeah. I'll start with Sandpoint girls going over and winning the Hellgate tournament over in Montana. That was a, a pretty cool, pretty cool event. And, uh, a great showing by North Idaho wrestlers over there. The female wrestlers girls wrestling in the state of Idaho is, is taking off like a rocket ship. And I don't think fans necessarily see how good it actually is, but the, the quality of, of wrestler and athlete that, that competes now in the state of Idaho, it's making a name for itself nationally. I know that we talk about it a lot on the Matt chat prep cast, but um, yeah, it's, it's something of note. And I, you know, kudos to the girls um, from Bonners Ferry, from Sandpoint, Moscow. There's girls all over the place now that are competing at a very high level within the state. We obviously, you know, Alyssa Randles was at Coeur d'Alene, and, and there's um, so many great athletes that are they're finally getting their name on the map, um, you know, with great showings even at Fargo and stuff like that too. It's, it's pretty awesome to see. Um, but then, you know, in addition to that one, I would say Coeur d'Alene going and getting third at Rocky Mountain is a huge deal over at Sentinel High School in Missoula. Um, that was a huge finish for the Vikes over there. Yep. Uh, I thought you were going to say more and I was getting yeah. ready to take a drink of coffee well, and you're good. I'll, I'll table <laughs> I that. Mean, for... Yeah. I think they <laughs> had four guys on the podium there and that was just a, a huge showing. It was a great <laughs> job by the Vikings to go over um, and in that, in a very tough tournament and tough environment and get some wins. Yep, for sure. It was a good showing for the Vikings heading over to Missoula Sentinel high school, home of the Spartans. I used to, uh, broadcast their games way back when I was first starting, like I was 19 years old in radio and, um, I wasn't very good. Hey, I'm still not very good, but, uh, you know, I was really bad back then. Uh, okay. Let's move on to basketball here. Skaggs fight for the fish was last Friday, Coeur d'Alene Lake city, the big showdown. Um, it went the way we thought. I think the Lake city girls pick up a 54 45 win, Coeur d'Alene boys pick up a 64 to 49 victory. Which performance was more impressive to you? Um, I, that's a tough question because I think Coeur d'Alene boys, we, I, I think we learned a little bit more about Lake city that there is some youth 
that you know they're going to have take their lumps. They're not quite to that level yet. There's a lot of depth on that Coeur d'Alene boys team. I'm going to say the Lake City girls getting a win over Coeur d'Alene uh, in the fashion that they did. I'm going to say that's the more impressive feat uh, in my mind. That Lake City girls team though is 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 awesome. I mean they, they're a state title contender. So is Coeur d'Alene still in their own right. Like those two teams, I mean, wouldn't be surprised if they one replaces the other in the state championship game this year. Um, you know, or if they find ways onto the bracket and they end up on opposite ends, maybe they play in the title game. But um, there's that girls, Lake City girls team is just absolutely loaded with talent. And I think it's kind of unsung, but I think people statewide are finally starting to take notice um, how good that T-Wolves team is and, um, you know, how big that win at the beginning of the year was for them. That was, that was a huge win. And, and, you know, it's, it's translated into the regular season and they've been able to pull off a nice string of victories. Yeah. Uh, Avery Waddington leads the way with 23 points in the win yeah. for Lake city. She was 11 of 15 from the floor. Uh, she, she feasted inside. And I think last year, you know, Maddie Simmons is able yep. to shut that down a little bit for Coeur d'Alene. She, of course, has moved on. And I think the the Vikings, we know, have really good guards and are strong. I yep. think they're still trying to find that inside presence just a little bit. And because yep. of that, Waddington was able to be, pretty much get what she wanted underneath. Well, helps when you're like 6'5 <laughs> or 6'4. So, I mean, there's, there's that benefit to it, too. But, um, you know, yeah, you're right. I think if there's one thing that Coeur d'Alene's missing, it's that that key piece inside in the middle. Um, but their guard play is second to none. I mean, they're on the perimeter. They're, they're lights out. I mean, you got the Colvins, and then you have, you know, throw in, um, you know, Maddie, Maddie Mitchell, Maddie Mitchell out there on the perimeter. Like that's three of the best guards in the state of Idaho, right there on the perimeter. So, um, you know, Coeur d'Alene's going to be okay, but they're going to have to fit, solve that problem. I think you know, in the in the inside rebound game. You know, get a little bit of inside outside. If you if you can get somebody that can get into the block to can dish back around the perimeter, it's gonna. I mean, I think that's probably how you play that. But I'm not no coach, and I'm not gonna question Coach Simmons and <laughs> how she does things because she knows a lot more about. She's forgotten more basketball than I know, so um, I can't I can't you know prognosticate too much. But there's. Both both teams, I think, are very complete. Let's put it that way. Yeah, you know, I mentioned this on another prep cast this week, and I'm not saying this is going to happen, but I'm saying, you know, we kind of have to start exploring the possible storyline of, you know, only one bid to state available from the Inland Empire League. Right now, Lake City has had the upper hand over Coeur d'Alene uh, yep. this season. And so you're looking at it, you know, unless Coeur d'Alene can figure something out at districts, um, you know, you're looking at the possibility of Coeur d'Alene having to fight their way in via a state play-in game. We talked about it two yeah. years ago, how what a shame it was that Coeur d'Alene did not even have the chance to go to state and compete, right? Post Falls and Lake City both got there, despite being a top-five team. We yeah. could have a similar storyline this season where Coeur d'Alene could go from your 5A state champion to not even qualifying, which is just mind-boggling to me but we'll talk more about this uh in state tournament expansion when we get to what happened at the ihsaa january meeting yesterday yeah. so we'll, we'll table that discussion <laughs> but yeah it that would suck that would be a no bummer. it would and that but that just tells you the balance of power like really statewide like there's a lot of girls teams out there that are very very good um Coeur d'Alene, Lake City, Rigby, I would throw in the mix. Boise, we know about Owyhee. There's other teams out there that are all, you know, all championship caliber teams. 
Yep, for sure. Uh, Coeur d'Alene did rebound, and they beat Lewiston uh, earlier this week. Uh, they played that game at the middle school, one of the middle schools in town because of that pipe that burst at, at yep. Coeur d'Alene High, which kind of would have been a cool atmosphere to take in the game. I heard it was loud and raucous. It was over at Woodland Middle School, which was cool. And, yeah. uh, I mean, it takes a lot of those players back to their middle school playing days too, which is cool. I mean, it's kind of cool to go back to where you started and – uh, playing Lewiston in the middle school. I mean, that, that would be a loud, rowdy atmosphere and a, a ton of fun, but uh, I didn't get a chance to go to the game, but it would have been, been a nice uh, change of venue. But I, I know they did an article about it in the paper too, and they talked about how it was a nice, like kind of neutral court feel um, for both teams. But, you know, yeah. they started interesting, but I guess they, they got onto a hot finish and ended up closing things out. So, yep. And then on, on the flip side for Lake city, uh, you know, Waddington dominates inside against Coeur d'Alene. They beat post falls earlier this week. Macy Murphy was what a freshman she is. She couldn't miss from the outside. I think she shot five of seven or four of yep. six, something like that from beyond the arc. Uh, and then on the Coeur d'Alene boys side in the, in the fight for the fish victory, same old, same old. They played 11 guys. It was pretty good balance. Uh, Larson had 16 to lead the way. Uh, and then Logan Orchard had 15, but just good balance once again from yep. the Coeur d'Alene boys. Hey, Sam Buffington's in the chat. Hey, Sam. I, I saw Sam on Saturday at North Idaho College. We were both yeah. there covering he, the card. He messaged me and he just said, Bainey with a question mark. <laughs> I was like, yeah, he's a PA <laughs> guy this week. <laughs> third third string uh basically the the pa guy from lakeland uh does all of the yeah. north idaho college uh basketball games and then when he's not available skags you're kind of the backup you're qb2 and then if you're if you're not available and they get really desperate you know they got to call me up and then so i was there saturday i was i was playing laser tag with some eight-year-olds so yeah that was birthday party <laughs> <laughs> yep, for sure. Yeah. Hey, Sam. Howdy. Good seeing you Saturday. Yes. Good to see you too, Sam. Sam was that fight for the fish. So I was asking him, I said, Hey, was it like how rowdy was it? He goes, it was loud. <laughs> it yeah. was loud for sure. So yes. Um, okay. Speaking of big rivalry skags, uh, we've got one coming up this Friday. The battle for the paddle, Sandpoint and Lakeland. Travis, I love this event, dude. I love the battle for the paddle. It is the coolest thing. If you haven't gone and you don't have anything going on Friday, go check this event out because they smack a wrestling meet in the middle of two basketball games. It is awesome. It is so cool. Yeah, so they start with the girls' basketball game. Then when that's over, they put the wrestling mats down on the floor and and everybody goes one-on-one, right? Duels uh, between Lakeland and Sandpoint. And then once that's finished, they they pick up the mats and they play the boys' basketball game. Uh, It's going to be at Lakeland this year, Travis says. So he wants to know... Who do you think will win the paddle? Let's let's take it piece by piece here. Let's start with girls basketball. Sandpoint did beat Lakeland earlier this year. It was very close. Lakeland had the lead uh, with two minutes to go and a almost a double digit lead. And, and Sandpoint came back and rallied and won. Uh, they did just beat Moscow in a tight game earlier this week as well. But what do you think about this girls basketball matchup? I'm going to go in the girls basketball matchup since I'm not calling the game and I don't want to aggravate. I think it's going to be another close game, but I think Coach Love, he just, I, <laughs> the dude is a genius. Um, he's going to figure something out with his lineup and he's going to pull uh, a rabbit out of his hat and they'll get the girls' victory. Um, do you want me to prognosticate the rest? Because I think Lakeland's going to win the wrestling duel. Okay. Um, yeah. So I'll take, Tra- I'll take Travis I'll, doesn't want to hear that, but <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, Travis, but I'm going to take the Hawks on the mat. Um, and then in the boys' basketball, that's going to be a good game. I mean, the boys' basketball games always tend to be pretty good, pretty good affair. Um, 
I'm going to say OT, and it's going to be Lakeland in OT. Mm, okay. I actually kind of agree with you on all of your picks. I kind of lean Lakeland. Uh, I, I don't know about the wrestling. The paddle, but, the paddle but, overall, I think, mm, goes to the Hawks. It's yeah. home court advantage. Home court advantage. It'll Travis, be close to that. Yeah. yeah. Travis says it'll be close. And that, that's the coin flip to me. I think whoever, because yeah. I, I think Sandpoint wins the girls' game. I think Lakeland wins the boys' game. Whoever can get it done on the mat is going to win the paddle. That, that, and that, I'm telling you what, they turn the lights out and the glow sticks are going and stuff too. That is a, it's a cool thing. It is rad. It's super fun. Yeah, for sure. All right. A uh, couple more basketball uh, developments to check on here. Skaggs. Um, let's go to the two a ranks. We've got a pretty cool video clip here. Priest river was playing Timberlake on Tuesday night. And um, this was a, a wild finish. Um, essentially, Priest River was down by two with like inside of five seconds to play. Timberlake was at the line shooting a free throw. And then this happened. I'm going to share my screen here in a second. This is on our Idaho sports Instagram account, but uh, check out what happened here. <laughs> so here's, you know, Timberlake, they missed the free throw. Priest River gets it up the floor. Chat window. Their chat window is kind of annoying. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome uh, what a wild shot palmer coleman for the win from about 35 feet out and that hit the uh, rim uh, a couple of times pushes up the floor he it's every side of the rim and go that's huge that's awesome <laughs> i love this one right here where the kid on the bottom look at him run to the sideline here hey, good game <laughs> yes amongst <laughs> Amongst all of the chaos, uh, yes, the good sportsmanship being shown there by Priest River as well to uh, shake hands with the you know Timberlake squad that had just experienced the agony of defeat there. It was a pretty that's, cool. <laughs> it's a pretty cool a highlight. Win. That's man. a big win for Priest River, though. That's a big win for them. Congrats on the victory. That's awesome. Yeah, and that was Carson Hughes from Priest River who was going over to shake hands uh, after you know, amongst all the celebration. So it's a, it's a non-conference game, right? For priest river, but does this give them some momentum now going into the heart of conference play in this two, a central Idaho league? Who wants to win this conference right now? I mean, like really, if you look at the standings and, and the way it's kind of stacked up, it's a log jam in there. Um, you know, it's, Maybe it does. I mean, if they, they show that they can play with a 3A team that's shown that they play close in games with some really good teams this year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if it gives Priest River a shot in the arm, I mean, it's a puncher's chance. The league schedule's kind of wide open, and it's, you know, obviously one, I think it's just going to be a one-bid con one bid conference this year. Um, so I don't necessarily think – I don't. I mean, it sounds terrible, like sandbagging on our own region, but – um, I don't know if one of these teams ends up winning a play-in game or not, but um, yeah. So the the district tournament's gonna be pretty telling, obviously. But it's it's gonna be anybody's ball game between, you know, St. Mary's is always always there and the perennial kind of king of the hill. But um, you know, does Kellogg dethrone things this year? Does Grangeville throw their hat in the ring? I mean, it, then you had you know throwing Priest River and Orfino too, and it's just a kind of a jumbled mess, I guess you could say. So the current standings are St. Mary's at 2-0 in league, Grangeville at 2-1. St. Mary's just beat Grangeville over the weekend. It was a huge win for the Lumberjacks. Orofino's 2-2. Two two. Kellogg is 1-2. Two. 
Priest River is one and three, but Priest River has gotten significantly better. They lost to Kellogg by almost 30 early on in December. They lost to Orofino by nine. Um, But since then, since the new year, they've been playing pretty well. They lost to St. Mary's by only 11. They defeated Orofino by two. Uh, and then they only lost to Sandpoint, a 4A school, by nine. And and yep. now they just have picked up this win with Timberlake. The big game coming up in Priest River on Saturday, Grangeville comes to town. And if Priest River wants to start punching up the standings here, um, this is their chance. Here's Max Oswald from the Bonner County Daily Bee. You know, despite their record, Priest River's pretty sneaky. 11 of 19 from three against Sandpoint last that's, week in that nine-point loss. That's not bad. If you're shooting 11 from 19 from three, that's you're beyond the arc. You're going to be in a lot of ball games. Absolutely. Yeah, they're a yeah. sneaky team. And, yeah, that conference is is a two-way. It's, I mean, you don't have any anybody that's necessarily standing out as world beaters, but, um, I mean, I don't ever count out Coach Chase and what he's able to do down the road in St. Mary's. But, um, you know, there's – who. Who wants to be the new king? I mean, I think it's the open year right now that anybody can step in and, and take that mantle and run with it. So, you know, Priest River gets on a heater. That don't surprise if they're, you know, seated at the district tournament. St. Mary's has always had that guy. They're always a collective team unit. They're kind of yeah. like Coeur d'Alene. They play 11, you know, 10 guys a game. Um, and they have always had that guy that they can look at and go, we need a bucket, right? Yeah. Um, apparently it stayed a couple of years ago. It was Colby Renner. He was off yeah. four out, four out of four, but yeah, like Grayson Sands. You got Renner, yeah. Like you've got, you know, Tristan uh, entry there's, they've had number Eli, of dudes. Yeah. Eli Gibson, um, this year, you know, it, it's kind of been Seth swallows a little bit, um, but it is more of a, you know, the sum of its parts, uh, is greater than the individual. Yeah. And so it's been a team effort this year. It's not the level of dominance we've seen from St. Mary's. And so the door is open a little bit. I had a couple of coaches uh, in the preseason tell me for our season preview of this league that Priest River would have been the overwhelming favorite had Tyler Engelson stayed at Priest River. He transferred to Timberlake instead, and he is a dynamic point guard. So for Priest River, I'm sure it felt extra great (laughs) to get the win over Timberlake. (laughs) It's like, oh, you left us. Uh, Go home with an L. Here you go. But no, um, (laughs) that was a great game, though. But But I was told Priest River would have been the favorite in the league had Engelson stayed. Um, And and so you can see it right there with the talent of Priest River. It's going to be a really interesting race down the stretch. Yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on it as things go down the stretch and heat up during the month of January. Yep. All right. Mea culpa time. Are you ready, Skaggs? Yeah. Public apology tour. Uh, Last week, we started talking about Case Why Not from Lapway and his chase for Idaho's all-time scoring record. And we said he was close. And we made a big deal about it. And we said, IdahoSports.com is going to be there covering the games. We're going to try and get the historic moment so everybody can watch it for free on IdahoSports.com. And we had said that the career mark was held by Jared Mercer from Kamii with a total of 2,536 points. Um, Unfortunately, his career total ended up being 2,589. So that's a difference of 53 points. Uh, Seems insignificant, you know, when you're talking about 2,300 plus points in a career, but it is. And we, we got it wrong. And I feel really dumb and stupid about that, to be honest. Um, In your defense though, case didn't get there yet. So we didn't didn't crown a new champion that wasn't necessarily a champion yet. Um, 
But yeah, no, that that mistakes happen. It's okay. I think everybody will forgive you because they got to see some free basketball of some really good basketball games. So yeah. So here, here, here's where we're at with it. Um, Case is now seventy. Let me let me do the math here really quickly. Uh, Case is he's now got a five hundred twenty-five points this year in fifteen games. Um, he is now seventy-four points shy of the all-time record. Case has two thousand five hundred sixteen. Jared Mercer has two thousand five hundred eighty-nine points. That's where we stand. Um, the info I had grabbed was from IdaHoops.com, and they're a great resource, right? They've got a lot of good historical information. But the question I kept having in the back of my head was, why isn't there some sort of official source or official record book that we can rely upon? Um, because this guy's got one list and this person's got a different point total. We finally confirmed with Kamii High School the correct amount of total points. But that was my question. Why isn't there some sort of official record book? I'm from Montana and Montana's got a record book that is dope. <laughs> it is awesome. Um, the Montana High School Activities Association put it together in conjunction with the schools. And so kind of like a light bulb moment for me, Ryan. I feel like this is really my big purpose now is to is to make one. IdahoSports.com is going to be working on an official record book, something that the fans can go to and know that, hey, this is a trusted source, and we know that these totals are accurate. We're going to have to work in cooperation with all of the schools, and it's going to take a long time to put it together. But I feel like this is something that's too important to not have in the state of Idaho. Well, absolutely. And that, I mean, you, you said it yourself, the other states do it. Um, you know, and I, I don't want to say it's a knock on Idaho or anything necessarily, but for a long time, like sports weren't really, um, there wasn't the agreement like with the IHSA in place until what, like the late seventies. Mistake me if I'm wrong, but um, I thought it was just kind of an open agreement. Like the state championship wasn't even sanctioned with the IHSAA until the seventies, if I'm not mistaken. But, yeah. For, for football and some other sports, I think basketball, they've always had kind of a okay. state tournament, but so, I mean, regardless though, is that there's, I'm sure that there would be plenty of people that would be on board with helping undertake this massive uh, undertaking, but something needs to happen. I mean, like the kids need, like I've always said, like the kids are now, some of the kids are adults, but you know, it it's the kids deserve the recognition. If there's something that that's noteworthy of taking place, it needs to be in a record book somewhere so somebody can reference it later on. And uh, that's a big deal because you you want to recognize, especially hard work that's been done, whether it's Jared Mercer, if it's Case, why not? Like that's something that you want to know, and the future kids will want to know too, because you never know. We have a kid that wants to beat Case's record that's playing in seventh grade basketball right now, watching the prepcast. So right. Yeah. And we, I mean, I we kind of had the top 10 on the leaderboard and we had slighted Titus here out, who's number eight all time yeah. in scoring 2,034 points. Um, so Lapway's got two guys that played together in the top 10 of this list, which is just incredible that's, to think about. So that's, yeah, that's just tells you how good those teams were. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, ridiculously good for sure. So anyways, I feel really bad that we made that error, but We'll still be there every step of the way as Case continues to chase this down. Um, and and I really do think that this is going to sound dumb, but I, I feel like this was my calling now, this like to, to try and put together this record book and, and get this get this done. It's a really important project, and I'm, I'm like really excited about it. So uh, 
So Case is 74 points away. They play Friday at Genesee, Tuesday at home against Clearwater Valley, and then next Saturday at Logos. It's going to be probably in that in that three-game window somewhere, um, and we will try to be there broadcasting when the moment happens. Yeah. I mean, he what, went off for 50, some 56 against Logos the last time, so it <laughs> right. could be against Clearwater Valley. You never know. <laughs> but <laughs> I know the team's been clamping down on them a little bit, but they still – Lapway's on a nice little run of their own. So um, we'll talk more about that in the North Idaho 9. But, yeah, it's it's an accomplishment. I, You know, kudos to you for having the humility of, of you know, recognizing it and that you're, like, admitting when you're – when you're wrong about something that not a lot of people do that, you know, you didn't double down. So <laughs> more, more important than me being right is, or, or looking smart is being right. Like you have yeah. to, I mean, this is something that's uh, not to get too political with things, but this is afflicting our country. People can't admit when they were wrong or made mistakes and yep. they dig their heels in and, yeah, anyway, so yes, we will continue to monitor Case, why not, as he chases down this incredible all-time scoring record for sure. All right, we are going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors from No Vape Idaho, and when we come back, uh, we'll talk about the IHSAA's January meeting. They held it yesterday. Some big things were discussed, uh, some specific to North Idaho, so we'll run it all down for you right after this. It's the North Idaho PrepCast presented by No Vape Idaho on idahosports.com it's not like i'm doing drugs nicotine can negatively impact the developing brain and make it more susceptible to other addictive substances students that vape are three times more likely to start smoking weed and kids who share vapes can unknowingly inhale other drugs like thc meth or fentanyl causing permanent lung damage overdose and even death be smart don't start This is the North Idaho PrepCast presented by No Vape Idaho. Skaggs, did you know that studies have shown they've done the research on this? The more you vape, the more depressed you actually get. Um, this happens with a lot of substances that get abused, but we think it's going to lift us up, and instead it's dragging us straight to nowhere. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, part of the drug, that all well, the chemical that is in vape cartridges is the known depressant or stimulant so it's like hey like yeah that that makes sense and you know the other things that you get from vaping too like popcorn lung and stuff like that like there's a lot of things that can take place from vaping that are just absolutely awful for you and it's not a good alternative to smoking let's put it that way don't do either of them yeah just stay away from all of it honestly yep. if you if you want more tips and facts about how to stay vape free you can type in no vape idaho that's uh, no with a k like the more you know uh, watch, we're going to get sued by NBC now. <laughs> the more you know, no vape Idaho. Uh, you could type that into your favorite uh, search browser and go from there. So Just no you. stars going across the screen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do, dee, do, do. All right. Uh, no vape Idaho sponsoring the North Idaho prep cast here. Uh, yesterday, uh, Skaggs, the Idaho High School Activities Association held their uh, January meeting. Uh, some big things were discussed. First of all, we have a new executive director starting in July. Longtime uh, executive director Ty Jones announced he was uh, retiring at the end of June. And yesterday, his replacement was selected by the board. It's current board member and current Shelley superintendent, Chad Williams. Awesome. Congratulations, Chad. So 
yeah, no, that's uh, there was a lot of stuff that was that came down at that meeting yesterday, and that's a uh, that's awesome that we got a new leadership coming up, stepping in 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 uh, June to to take over the reins of, the, of what is going to show to be a probably a pretty difficult job in in this the next few seasons to come, um, just with all the changes that are taking place within the state of Idaho. Yeah, so Chad Williams uh, from Shelley, uh, the new executive director, starting July. First, congratulations are in order there. Uh, the other big topic that was discussed was state tournament expansion. Is it happening? The answer is uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe, but we got to talk about a lot of stuff. We need I'm to just, talk about it more. That's the answer. Yeah, I'm just glad they're having the conversation because yeah. it's got to start somewhere. Um, the big concern that was voiced by a lot of people at the meeting was travel, right? well, we don't want to send a team from North Idaho all the way to East Idaho or vice versa. And I guess here's my solution to that is if you plan it out ahead of time, um, schools can plan that in. You know, we already rotate sites for football championships, right? Sometimes it's in the North. Sometimes it's in, in Boise. Sometimes it's in East Idaho. Why couldn't we just rotate the the batch of expanded state tournament play in games every year. Hey, we know that this year it's going to be in North Idaho and we'll plan accordingly. The next year it's going to be in Boise and we'll plan accordingly. I don't or know. I feel like that's... Why don't we have designated schools even that, you know, there's a nice little thing called maps. We can bust those out and you can find an equidistant point between the two locations that have been approved by the IHSAA to be a neutral site for a playing game. And, you know, that that's certainly not, out of the realm of possibility, but I know that I don't want to sound too cynical about it, but um, yeah. Or like the rotating. I mean, we deal with it in football. We deal with it in other sports. I don't understand why basketball is immune to that other than winter travel. I know that there's a lot of worry about that, but the same at the end of the day, like we're sending this eventual state champion to Hagerman for a, you know, state semifinal game when they're the number one team in the state of Idaho. We have a team that goes from like, I think it was Camas County last year in the football playoffs, not in 23 or in, sorry, in 22, they, they put in, it was like 2,200 miles of travel in just the playoffs. So we want to talk about travel being an issue. Let's make travel an issue. Like then, then like have it be level across the board if it's really an issue. Right. I, I think this is a hurdle that's going to be pretty easy to clear. I absolutely. Think. I, I I always relay the story of uh, Grangeville football. Uh, this was two or three years ago now. Jeff Adams, the coach at Grangeville, he's a funny guy. He's really funny. I was talking to him. Um, they were playing West Side in the quarterfinals, and they were the number eight seed. And I think West Side was the number one seed. And it was the first year they used Max Preps seeding. And I'm talking to him before the game because I was broadcasting it for IdahoSports.com and. He said, you know, basically this West Side team is like historically great. You know, on the five percent chance we we pull this thing off today, like I don't know if we're gonna have enough money to turn around and come back down here next week. If Grangeville had won, they would have had to have traveled to Bear Lake in the semifinals, which is like also in southeast Idaho. And he's like, yeah. we, we don't have the money for that. We're we we tapped our budget just coming down for this game. Uh so Again, if we travel for football all the time, I, I feel like we could build in a rotation where, hey, the North Idaho schools don't have to travel as much every three years or the East and Idaho schools don't have to travel as much every three years. As a business owner, um, you know, I don't want to say involve corporate money too much, but other states do it where they bring in corporate sponsorships that helps level some of the travel costs. 
Um, I know it happens in other states because there's a neighboring state, you know, 13 miles away from us that allows money to be distributed for travel. Uh, it doesn't pay for all of it, but each team that makes it into the playoffs gets an allotment for some um, that maybe eases the burden a little bit. There's there's ways around that that there's Idaho companies that would probably be willing to support something if travel really is an issue, um, you know, for school that like can't afford to make a playoff game in order to make the playoff game happen. There's, there's businesses in the state of Idaho that would probably help with that. But um, I know I'm getting way ahead of things on that line of thinking, but it's just, it's tough to hear some of these arguments that are so easily surmountable, like be placed on an argument that probably if we just stopped and talked about it and looked at it, it's like, okay, let's just not make this an issue. Let's take travel off the board. Does it make sense? Like, can yeah. we just have that level-headed conversation? Also recently uh, in December, um, the IHSAA renewed their contract with the NFHS network for another 10 years, Ryan. Um, I'd, I'd be curious to know how much money they're getting for that. And maybe some of that could be applied to alleviate some of these travel concerns as well. But yeah. A 10 year contract with the NFHS network. I mean, when was, that, when was that sign in December? Oh, in December. Okay. Yep. Uh, Basically, they had already director signature on it. No previous director. Okay, it's still running things until end of June. But anyways, you're getting some money from that, and I don't know, maybe. But like I said, like the corporate, the corporate sponsorship arena is something that is pretty easily. I mean, we could bring in Logan to have that conversation. Um, You know, like our sales guy. That you know, like when things need to be done, there's there's people willing to to step in. Yeah, uh, for sure. So, uh, okay, let's wrap up here with, uh, before I say something that I'll regret, let's go to Court of Christ Academy. They- this is awesome. All right, yes. This this was the one that stood out to me. It was Court of Christ Academy gets to play IHSA sports starting next year, right? Yes, uh, yeah. this is a cool deal. They uh, are a school that started two years ago, right? They opened, I think it was two years ago in Coeur d'Alene. Um, Court of Christ Academy, a private uh, Christian school. Um, their athletic director is actually former Oregon Ducks and LA Rams quarterback Kellen Clemens, which is kind of cool. Um, but they will be um, joining the IHSAA starting in the 24-25 school year. So that's next year. Um, they will be in 1A. I'm not sure if it's going to be D1 or D2 yet. We got to look at their enrollment numbers. But they plan on competing in. Well, if they're one A, if they're one A next year, they're just one A, right? Which oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You're right. I'm I'm still thinking about the old. Yeah. yeah so they will be one A, the smallest classification. Ryan, they plan on competing in the standards we see from a new school, right? Boys and girls basketball and volleyball. But how about this football? They're going to compete in football. Yes, let's go. Is Kellen going to be the coach? Because that I'm immediately giving them a slight edge. But <laughs> right. let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Anytime you hear football being added, I'm yeah. You got my rate. My antennas are going off. That's awesome. I'm I'm pretty sure we mentioned this, but uh, the Mullen St. Regis Co-op is going to continue next year, but they're going to yep. compete in Montana. Um, so, in theory, the North Star League loses Mullen St. Regis, and they add court of christ so that's awesome and that's yeah. that's cool for for eight man football in the state of idaho you know adding another school and program and i know that you know and it's no knock to to the issues with with enrollment and 
participation numbers at at Kootenai, but you know if they can get things turned around and right the ship there and and being able to compete like that's a you know getting a full league that's a big deal for those other schools in that conference um so you know hats off and, and kudos to to clemens and um you know getting that off the ground and thanks to the to the board and the the superintendents voting on allowing that i think it was unanimous 13 to 0 that they got acceptance into the ihsaa and um Let's go. Let's add another team. We got another team to talk about up here in North Idaho. Love it for sure. Um, looks like we got a chat in the comment here. Um, hey, Max Oswald again from the Bonner County Daily. He does such a great job. He is. We talked about this last week, but we're, we're very spoiled up here with our North Idaho. <laughs> Max newspaper. is just going to join the show permanently, like replace me. I know. <laughs> right. <laughs> he said that's great news speaking of small schools shout out to clark fork boys basketball who beat mullen 74 to 16 on tuesday they have six seniors on the team this so year. i wasn't gonna say it but like this is a dark horse pick in that conference so we can't go with conference picks yet but that that clark fork boys team in that conference is there's some some danger lurking there yeah, I was gonna look up really quickly. I think the league this year gets a half bid. Let me let me double check that real quick. Um, where I think Clark Fork is I think we can say they're kind of the overwhelming favorite because it's them, Mullen, and Kootenai. By the way, shout out to Kootenai. They broke yeah. a like a three-year losing streak. They hadn't won since 2019. Um, they got a win last week. Way yeah. to go. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that's that's huge. And we talked about, I mean, I mentioned with the struggles with participation numbers and everything else there, but you know, that's no knock on the kids. That's just something that they it's a it's something they have to surmount with, you know, the community around Harrison and there's growth taking place out there even. So the more participants that they get and kids coming in, um, you know, I hope to see that that, you know, that's just one of many to come for that program. I hope that that's one win that they continue to get more. Yeah, so unfortunately this year uh, the district only gets a half bid. So Clark Fork, you know, if they win the district championship, they st still would have to earn their spot at state via a state play-in game. This happened in volleyball where the Wampus Cats had to travel all the way down to Fruitland um, to play a play-in match. Um, they fell short in that. They would have to play the third-place team from East Idaho, District 5-6, and that league is a mess right now. Yeah. It could be Rockland. It could be Water Springs. It could be North Gem. Who knows? It, but, but it's also an opportunity with, you know, six seniors on a team. You could have – that could be a win. So, you know, that's a, a big deal. I, I count playing games as a state a state tournament victory. So right. <laughs> people look at it as more of a district tournament. That's a state tournament win. That's like winning in the opening round of the NCAA tournament. Um, it is. Yeah. yeah it is it's like a first four. Right. The first four wins still count as a tournament win, right? That's so, true. Yeah. No, I, um, I look at that team. That could be that could be a good special group for, for Clark Fork. They would have to travel to Cascade to play that game so <laughs> that state play-in game so we'll keep an eye on the wampus cats but yes they've got a special group of seniors uh the san romans ethan howard etc um really yeah. good group of kids there clark fork for sure all right well that'll do it for this edition of the north idaho prep cast if you want uh, the full recap of everything that was discussed at the ihsa meeting um you can find that on the homepage at idahosports.com along with all the latest scores schedules statistics and whatnot oh okay i'll put the north idaho nine on my twitter page if we're not going to do it today that's totally fun oh sure. yeah i totally forgot about that okay <laughs> quickly we will get through that one last thing uh hoyt and brock want to know 
Uh, did we get a chance to talk about the Clearwater Classic? We did not. Uh, it's the most true North Idaho tournament featuring mostly all North Idaho schools. This is happening this weekend. Clearwater Classic wrestling competition in Lewiston. This should be a so. Hoyt will join me in this one of remembering it went from being at Booth Hall to a few years it was held at the Nez Perce County Fairgrounds. Then it went to Lewis Clark State College. And then now it's back at Lewiston High School and Lewiston's phenomenal facility they've got. That's a fun tournament. That is a good tournament. That used to be one of the biggest tournaments in, in the Northwest for a while. Um, and, and they're doing a great job turning things around and getting some great teams to show up for that event. That'll be a good tournament this weekend. Absolutely. They said Skaggs might have even wrestled at that one. Did you ever compete at the Clearwater Classic? I did, yeah. Okay, how'd, how'd yeah, it go? Uh, not well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well. I would have been, yeah, I think I wrestled when I was a freshman. I got a second entry on varsity that year is at 160 pounds as a freshman. That was, uh, that was, a, that was, that was were rough days. Yeah. Those were rough yeah. days. <laughs> That's all right. No rough days for these teams. It's your North Idaho nine boys and girls basketball here. These are your personal rankings of the nine best teams in North Idaho, regardless of classification. We'll put them up on the screen, but for those that are listening, audio only run through them. Let's start with the boys. Here's your North Idaho nine. So at number one, obviously, Coeur Not much change in this one, actually. Uh, Lapway at two, Bonners Ferry three. We just know those three teams are dangerous. Post Falls is sneaking in there at four. Post Falls is making an appearance, getting votes in the coaches' poll, which is good to see. That Trojans team is deadly. I've been, like, banging the drum for that team for a while. And uh, don't be surprised. They got a nice showdown with Coeur coming up. That's going to be a fun game to watch. Uh, Lakeside at five, Potlatch six. Those two teams, I mean, I neck and neck, in my opinion. Those are both two really, really solid groups. Uh, Lewiston at seven, Lake City eight. Kendrick rounds it out at nine. That's what I got on the boys' side. And your North Idaho nine for girls basketball. Uh, only one change in this lineup this week. Everybody from one through eight is the same. Lake City, Coeur d'Alene, Sandpoint, Grangeville, Timberlake. Uh, Kendrick at six, Lapway seven, Kamei eight. And sneaking in this week is Prairie in the nine spot. Prairie has entered the chat. Yes, Prairie has <laughs> entered the chat and looking to make some noise in, in White Pine League play. That, that team is young, but, man, they can play. They can play hard. Yep, no doubt about it. So, uh, again, uh, Skaggs also puts his North Idaho 9 on his Twitter account at an Idaho game night. You can always follow him there as well. All right, now. Thank you for tuning in for the North Idaho Prepcast. Enjoy the competitions this weekend, everybody. For Ryan Skaggs, I'm Brandon Bainey, and we'll catch you next time on IdahoSports.com.